Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and I'm really glad you've joined us on this very sunny spring day here in Michigan. One of the toughest issues to make sense of during the pandemic here in Michigan has been what is happening in our nursing homes. The numbers, the numbers of sick, the numbers of people dying have just been staggering, and it has caused a real hot debate over the policies that Governor Gretchen Whitmer put in place to govern nursing homes during the pandemic. As of late last year, a third of Michigan's COVID deaths happened inside our nursing homes. And when something like that happens, it's natural to ask who's to blame for what we could have done to avoid it. But research from the University of Michigan suggests that the state's policies in regard to nursing homes has been appropriate going back to the beginning of the pandemic, something that the governor's opponents have not been willing to acknowledge. Here to talk about it is one of the researchers and someone we talk to regularly about health policy here on our show. Marianne Udow-Phillips is the founding executive director of the Center for Health Research Transformation at the University of Michigan. She's also a former director of the Michigan Department of Human Services. Marianne, welcome back to Detroit Today. Great to be here. Thanks, Steve. So uh, let's let's start with what you found in your research here. Uh, there are a lot of people who say, and there are certainly political motives for saying this, but they say that the choices, the decisions that Governor Gretchen Whitmer made early on in the pandemic caused the large number of illnesses and deaths that we saw in nursing homes. What did your research find? Right. So our research found that, in fact, uh, Michigan performed similarly and to some degree better than other states when it came to the proportion of deaths from COVID-19 in nursing homes. And the governor of the state of Michigan did follow the guidance of CDC. They did put in place policies and approaches that were designed to mitigate the deaths in nursing homes and they did not hide data. And so there was nothing that we found that was inappropriate of what they did. Clearly they were acting in a crisis. Uh, Clearly we know more across the country now about how to keep patients safe in nursing homes, but we do not believe that the governor's policies were responsible for the high rate of deaths in nursing homes. And at the same time, you're pointing out that there are lots of things about the way We manage and regulate nursing homes in this state uh, that don't have to do with COVID in particular, but just have to do with the way that uh, that we govern them that did make it more difficult to keep people safe in those nursing homes during the pandemic. And I think that's a really important distinction to make. the, the, The difference between decisions that were made because of COVID and things that were just in place long before it. 
Absolutely. I think that's such an important point, Stephen, because the issue with nursing homes is how we finance long-term care, how we pay for workers or tooth, you know, the pay we give to workers. We found, and unrelated to COVID, in the national data, there was last year a 100% turnover in staffing in nursing homes across the country. So it's really related to financing or the support we give, the training we give to nursing home workers, to some degree how we oversee and regulate nursing homes. Uh, And in the case of COVID, it had very much to do with the fact that we didn't have enough personal protective equipment as a country in total. And we decided collectively that the priority should be for those that equipment to go to hospitals. Nursing homes were second on that list. Um, when we talk about these decisions and all of the the context that uh, that surrounded the pandemic and and what happened in nursing homes, um, I, I think it's natural to say, well, what could we have done differently? And and the governor herself has said that if she knew then what she knows now, she might have made some decisions differently. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about things that we could have done in a different way that might have made nursing homes or patients safer. Yes, well, I think certainly the idea of setting nursing homes at an equal priority with the hospitals to get personal protective equipment uh, was is very important. And you know, again, we had shortages of that equipment early on in the pandemic, so I'm not sure we could have done a huge amount more, but certainly they should have been at that same priority level. Mm-hmm. Providing more on-site training uh, to the nursing home workers uh, on how to keep patients safe. You know, there was a lot of guidance that was delivered by the CDC to nursing homes, but the guidance changed frequently at the federal level. It was confusing for the nursing homes to follow that guidance. So, for example, one of the key uh, safety procedures for keeping patients with COVID safe and keeping other patients safe from COVID was is to sequester those patients with COVID, put them in a separate wing, and the staff knew that that was a requirement, but they didn't know exactly what it meant to change their personal protective equipment, their masks, their gowns, et cetera, when they went from wing to wing. They didn't really understand the federal guidance. So we could have done more to communicate that, to give them more guidelines about how to properly don and doff their personal protective equipment. Things like that, training and some resources would have been helpful at the outset. Mm. I'm talking with Marianne Udall Phillips, founding executive director of the Center for Health Research Transformation at the University of Michigan. She's also a former director of our Department of Human Services uh, here in the state of Michigan. Uh, we're talking about a report about nursing home deaths during the pandemic that suggests an alternative to the really powerful political narrative that is trying to lay those deaths and the responsibility for the high number of deaths at, uh, at nursing homes at the feet of Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, if you would like to join the conversation, give us a call. What questions do you have about what's been happening in Michigan's nursing homes since the beginning of the pandemic, something that we have all been watching and lots of us have been talking about? Uh, what do you think of the state's policies regarding nursing homes? Do you think we should have done something different than what was done Uh, during the pandemic? Or do you think the state responded appropriately 
and that uh, lowering the number of deaths was probably out of the reach of uh, public officials. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. And we'll try to include you uh, that way. We'd also love to hear from people who have relatives uh, who were in nursing homes during the pandemic or in nursing homes now. Give us a sense of what you think about how the state uh, regulated those nursing homes. Give us a sense of how you think those nursing homes performed uh, during the pandemic with your loved ones. Uh, I, I know the stories there are all across the spectrum uh, that there are people who uh, who had great experiences uh, thinking that their relatives were being kept safe in nursing homes. And there are a lot of people who, who really feared for their relatives because they were in nursing homes. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to Facebook or Twitter, and we'll try to include you on the show that way. Uh, before we get to listeners, Marianne, I want to talk about uh, nursing home hub inspections. It's something the governor has promised to look into whether inspections were done properly and when they were supposed to be done uh, during uh, COVID. What's your understanding of whether we've had proper inspections at nursing homes uh, of these hubs uh, in our state? Right. So, yes, you're absolutely right. First of all, there were 442 nursing homes in the state of Michigan. And part of the governor's policies early on were to set up what you described as these hubs. And, and these were the facilities that were intended to take transfers from hospitals when the patients were stabilized and no longer needed hospital care. They did have to pass extra criteria to be selected as a hub to show that they knew what the proper safety approaches would be. Uh, and there were 21 out of those 442 nursing homes that were selected as hubs. And our study found that overall those hubs did perform better than nursing homes more generally. So 17% of the deaths from COVID were in the hubs compared to 26% uh, in the, in the non-hubs. So the death rate, sorry, uh, in the hubs versus the non-hubs. So the death rate was quite a bit lower in the hubs than those non-hubs. And so it does appear that those quality criteria were being applied. Uh, the governor's team uh, was did have selection criteria, did do inspections of those hubs, whether they could have been done more frequently, whether there were individual hubs that had particular issues that weren't uh, dealt with. Again, they were dealing, they were in a crisis dealing with staffing levels that were, uh, you know, not high. And so, you know, it's possible that they could have done more inspections, but overall, those hubs actually performed pretty well. Hmm. And when we th think about um, what's happening now in Michigan, where we're seeing a spike in cases overall uh, among our population and also inside long-term care facilities, again, I think it scares a lot of people. And in a lot of ways, it feels like we're going back to maybe the darkest times during the pandemic uh, uh, of last year. What, what do you make of what's happening in, in long-term term care facilities, but also, you know, overall uh, right now? Yes. Well, actually, the story right at this moment in long-term care is a 
is a very positive story and it's about the effects of the vaccine. So we've seen a huge drop in the death rates in nursing homes since, since January, since the uh, nursing home residents and the staff started getting vaccinated, a drop of more than 80% in death rates in nursing homes, where we're seeing the significant increase in death rates right now and case rates in particular in Michigan is actually in that younger population, particularly in the population aged 40 to 59, who just recently became eligible for the vaccine uh, and just generally uh, in the younger population. So, you know, actually the nursing home story is one that tells us uh, to really go out and get your vaccine as soon as you possibly can. Yeah. Uh, the, the effect of the vaccines in in these uh, care facilities, I think, is really in, important um, because, one of the things that that I think contributes to the danger in these facilities is again the coming and going. A lot of people talk about people going to hospitals and then coming back to long term term care facilities. And without without the vaccines, that seems to be you know really dangerous policy. Uh, the idea of leaving and going to a place where people are sick and then coming back uh, uh, to a place I I. I can't imagine the the relief, I guess, that people feel about vaccines because of the nature of the populations at these long-term care facilities. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. And I, you raise a very important point, which is that one of our findings was that we think the reason that there were such high rates of uh, cases in nursing homes, uh, obviously it was the vulnerability of that population, right? An older population with lots of health issues that makes them more vulnerable to COVID. But the cause we think was predominantly related to the staff coming into the facilities and others coming into the facilities and bringing the cases uh, and the infections from the community. So there's a direct correlation between the rates of cases in nursing homes and the rates of cases in the communities. And that relates, again, to one of the big problems uh, with nursing homes in that the staff are very low paid historically, and many of them moonlighted and, and work at multiple facilities. And so if they have, you know, if they've been exposed to COVID, they bring those, that exposure with them to multiple facilities. So yes, you're absolutely right. The vaccine is as critical among the staff as it is among the residents. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Let's go to Tristy in Huntington Woods. Tristy, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Hi, good. Um, so I actually... Uh, work in nursing homes. I work for a company that services nursing homes. We travel around and do ultrasounds and echoes and Dopplers and, and x-rays and EKGs. So I have been in the middle of the pandemic the whole entire time going in and out of the facilities. Mm-hmm. So I was just calling just to comment on the HUD units that were placed in the facilities. Um, because I, it always made it seem like it was like a separate building or you know, um, it was something that was built, but, you know, I watched those HUD units get built and they were like, if a facility has like a 100 hall, a 200 hall, a 300 hall, a 400 hall, they just made the HUD unit like a hall, like 100 hall. So, and it was just separated from plastic, but it was still in all the buildings. So that's where I saw a lot of the spread going on because dietary would go in there or activities. They would go into the hood units, 
But then they would go back out into the buildings, you know, and then mm. continue on with their work. Mm. So I was mm. just calling to comment on those hundreds because yeah. that was, you know, I, if they weren't like a separate building. They were technically inside the nursing home, just like a wing. Right, right. Uh, Tristy, I, that, that's really important information, and it's great that you were able to to see that and then share that with our with our listeners. Marianne, respond to what she's talking about here in terms of these hubs not really being separate the way that uh, they might have been characterized. Right. Well, she's absolutely correct. Uh, the, the hubs uh, could have a separate floor or they could have a separate wing that was uh, where they, the uh, COVID patients were uh, kept. Uh, and that is, from a safety standpoint, acceptable as long as the proper safety protocols are followed. And so what she's bringing up is, you know, what I said earlier, it's very key for the staff to understand that if they're leaving that wing and going to another wing in the facility, they need to change their personal protective equipment. They have to make sure that they're not bringing that uh, that infection to the other parts of the facility. Uh, and just generally, it's preferable to have the staff sequestered so that it is a separate staff on the COVID wing from the staff in the rest of the facility. It's not always possible because we have extreme staffing shortages in nursing homes. And so that's a huge challenge, but you can keep patients safely. That is an acceptable approach in a, in a wing if those safety protocols are followed. And, and that's why I say that training uh, and the proper amount of equipment uh, is essential. And, and some of that was clearly missing across the country in the very beginning of this pandemic. Hmm. Uh, a caller, Carolyn in Royal Oak, couldn't stay on the line, but she says she used to work in a nursing home. And it's important that staff members are paid fairly and treated like human beings. One of the things that has been true of this sector of our uh, economy and, and, and of our healthcare system for a long time is that the people who work there are not terribly well paid, uh, and that makes it difficult to deliver a high level of care. Yes, I think that is so true. I'm glad she said that. And I, I, the other thing I want to say, you know, we often talk, uh, you know, in the general public about nursing homes in a very negative way. Uh, and, you know, the staff who work in nursing homes, they want to do a good job. They really care for their patients for the most part. They're working in very difficult conditions. These are hard jobs. Uh, they are, as I said earlier, they are not well paid generally. Uh, and they're very challenging jobs. And it's very demoralizing uh, to hear the whole nursing home you know, industry uh, criticized and uh, to feel like they are just working in these horrible places. So she's right, you know, putting more investment in the staff. And I'm, I'm not defending the nursing home industry. I'm talking about our support of the staff who are on those front lines. Hmm. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Uh, Marianne, before we end the segment, I want to talk about uh, President Joe Biden's administration, which said it plans to invest more in these areas. And the new infrastructure plan might also provide some help for nursing homes. Uh, what's your outlook for change in this in this area? As we said earlier, these are problems that have existed for a really long time and date back to before uh, the pandemic, uh, the, the Biden administration seems to be hinting that they would like to to take some of that on. Are you optimistic? I, I, I am. I'm, I'm hopeful. And I'm hoping, frankly, we can get away from this just political 
politicization of this issue and really talk about the future of long-term care and how we support seniors as, as we age. Uh, and uh, the Biden administration has come forward with some ideas uh, and a lot of funding to support more care at the in your home uh, and in the community. There are some wonderful programs, uh, PACE programs, greenhouse programs. There are some really wonderful alternatives that have come forward and I think are, are ways to move forward in a, a way to really care for seniors as they should be cared for. Uh, and putting some money behind that will be essential. And I was also really gratified to see actually at the federal level, the nursing home industry has come forward in support of those policies mm -hmm. and uh, and really strengthening the oversight and the safety protocols in nursing homes. So I am optimistic for the future again, as long as we can move away from this, uh, the political side of this and really into the policy side. Mm -hmm. Okay, Marianne Udow Phillips, founding executive director of the Center for Health Research Transformation at the University of Michigan. Always great to have you here with us on Detroit Today. Thanks very much for joining us for this segment. Oh, you're welcome. Great to be here. Thank you. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how emergency management has become a dangerous safety net for American cities with Eric Cadora of the Justice Mapping Center. Stay tuned for more Detroit Today. Detroit Today. 